Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Racing Pod Blast with me, Tony McCormick, and Ben Aiken from Narrowing the Field. Heading to the flat this weekend for part one of the Pod Blast and to Doncaster for the Lincoln meeting, taking in three of the races on the straight track, including the big race itself, the 22 runner Lincoln Handicap. We then make our usual pit stop into the uh, Scottish Leagues, uh, now sponsored by Benton Jerry's, uh, our top middle and bottom football tricksy battle, and then close out the uh, Pod Blast with our best of the rest section so welcome along everybody thanks for your support uh first race on the agenda is the spring mile handicap at 225 from doncaster with 22 runners set to battle it out over the straight doncaster mile ben can you start us off with the spring mile yes Tony. uh currently soft heavy in places at doncaster threat of more rain possibly the ground going proper heavy come saturday so could make things tricky on the straight course as uh Testing ground can actually can bring about a track bias uh, when it comes to straight track blasts like Spring Mile and Lincoln. I'm all about the draw, where the pace is coming from. Uh, for me, you need to be where the pace horses are housed, or um, or you're you're back up against it right from the off. But when it goes soft or heavy, it can sometimes become more about a track bias rather than a draw pace bias. Now, none of the last twenty three. Spring Mile Lincoln days have seen heavy ground. Six have seen soft ground, so it kind of gives us 12 races to look at on that. Um, not a lot, but if you pull the stats of those two races together, when on soft ground, you see seven of the 12 winners won from the bottom quarter of the draw. Eight of the 12 winning from the bottom half of the draw. That's not a huge amount to go on. Maybe, just maybe lower numbers might have an advantage if it turns up heavy. Probably a little bit of a guessing game, but the spring mile might tell us more for the Lincoln later on. On the pace side of things in the spring mile, um, you're possibly looking at Isla Cayenne 1, maybe Dirty Old Town from Stall 2, Rudimental in 13, Harzel Duke in 15, and the Gatekeeper in 19. So there should, in theory, be a decent enough spread of pace across the track. Uh, on the trends, not the easiest race to pin down. 14 of the last 15 were four or five-year-olds that had no more than 18 career starts and had zero or one start in the last 90 days. So that would chop the field down to about a third of the runners. Uh, I'm looking at a short list of Isla Kai, Dario Town, Harswell, Duke and Clear Angel. Isla Kai is definitely interesting, especially from his mark of uh, 92 because um, he placed off a mark in 99 in the Spring Cup at Newbury first time out last season and he then finished 6th in the Royal Hunt Cup at Royal Ascot off 100 so he's definitely on an eye catch mark right now 92 that is one he should be able to do some damage from uh, he's also 4 wins and a place from 5 starts on good to soft or soft and he's won two of his three races over the Doncaster one-mile trip. Now, if you add in the fact he handles large fields and can go well fresh, he's won at least enough plenty in his favour, Isla Kai, so he's he's one I'm definitely interested in. A dirty old town, also interesting, as his trainer Grant Tewer sticks on first-time blinkers. His record with such types, first-time blinker wearers, three wins, three places from ten qualifiers. 
A dirty old town should also handle the conditions, I would think. Yeah, he's one win in two seconds from four starts on soft, or good to soft. So, Isla Kai and dirty old town are the two catch my eye. Tony, what have you got? Good stuff. Interesting there, Ben. Uh, Arthur's Realm, I do like uh, here in the Spring Mile, winning a place from three starts at Doncaster, including a victory over course and distance in this race 12 months ago. And uh, goes on soft. Uh, he's got a 50% winning play strike rate over a similar trip from 12 starts. So, decent stats uh, for Arthur's Realm over one mile. All three career wins have come when rated between 81 and 90. He is actually at the uh, tip of the uh, scales there. With uh, He's on a rating of 90 uh, tomorrow. And uh, he has won in March and April. And also, the other one I like to like each way is the gatekeeper for trainer Charlie Johnson, uh, for Andrea Adzini, who I think could end up a Charlie Johnson stable jockey. Uh, watch this space. Adzini won on the gatekeeper earlier this month at Newcastle on uh, his first run since June. Both career victories in March and April. Obviously, the winning match was this turn, the one I've just mentioned. Uh, but he did win on debut at Musselburgh on the 3rd of April, 12 months ago. The gatekeeper... And Arthur's Realm for me in the spring mile. Three o'clock, the Camage Trophy listed race. Ben, you can uh, start us off on this one. Yeah, no trends to get stuck into here for the Camage. Um, but the one that catches my eye, course specialist, Kings Lynn. He's run at the track four times previously. Won twice, finished second on the other two occasions. He's also finished second, second, third and second on his four previous seasonal debut runs, beating less than a length on two of those runs, so he clearly goes well fresh. He's also yet to finish out of the first three on his four starts on soft ground, winning one of them, so he'll handle the ground, um, soft or heavy. He was found out at grade one level last season, but this listed contest, I think that's much more his bag. And uh, yeah, he catches my eye mainly. He's the main one for me, Kings Lynn. Um, but fellow course specialist, as Jared, I think he's also worth a mention. He has two wins and a second from his four Doncaster runs. He's got four wins, a second and a third from his six starts on good to soft and soft. And his, and uh, what else? He got? He's got four wins and a second from five starts when he's racing off a break of 40 days or more. Now, he needs to prove he's up to Class 1 level, as Jad. Um, this is his first try above Class 2 level here. But if he can bridge that gap uh, from Class 2 to Class 1, I think he could be a player, as Jad. So, Kingsland, I think he'd be my main interest. But as Jad, also very much on my radar. Tony, what you got? Yeah, good shout on Kingsland. Uh, his course and distance winner, isn't he? For, uh, Andrew yeah. Baldin does think... Is it how many keeps entering group threes at uh, group one uh, last year at, uh, at Royal Ascot? He ran in the King's Stand and then in the Platinum Jubilee Stakes, and not disgraced in either of those grade ones, and finished the season off at Ascot in the uh, champ, uh, the uh, Kipco British Champion Sprint Stakes. Uh, again, not uh, disgraced by any means in a group one, and just reminded to listeners that. He's now in a listed race tomorrow in the Camage Trophy. Uh, two for me here. Uh, you've just mentioned Azjad there, Ben. Uh, solid and consistent towards the end of the season. Won on debut last season, albeit in May 2021. But he goes well fresh. Won on seasonal debut at Redcar in April uh, 12 months ago. Uh, two from four, hitting the frame on a further occasion 
including a win and a second over course and distance, as Jad can go well here. And Comanche Falls, which one of your favourites, Ben? I, I, I had it down that I thought you might have uh, had uh, Comanche Falls at the back of your mind. All six career wins over this trip, all with Connor Beasley in the plate. Uh, 2019, one on career debut at Thirsk. 2021 on seasonal debut at Thirsk. 2021, one on seasonal debut at Air, and he was second of four at this venue 12 months ago. So uh, Comanche Falls, certainly an early season type, could go well and sees uh, prices shortening all the time. Uh, but Comanche Falls and Asjad for me in the Camage Trophy at 335, the Lincoln Class 2 handicap over one mile, Ben. Uh, Lincoln, um, I will start with the pace. Uh, where that's like it come from for this one. Surprisingly, it does not look to be all that much uh, in the way of front runners in the race. They're possibly, possibly looking at Incorrigible, stall three, maybe Helm Rock from two, maybe Yanifer in nine. So middle to high, struggle to see any obvious pace. Possibly Awal in stall 17, far from a guarantee though. Um, so as long as there's no track bias to play, I think middle to low numbers may have the advantage on the draw and pace side of things. And on the trends front, I'm ideally looking for something aged four to six, ran in a class two or three handicap last time out, or coming off a break of 130 days or more, or at least the last UK or either start came off that sort of break. I've not included any runs abroad in the data. I'm looking at those trends, adding a couple others I've also got on the trends front. And considering the potential for middle to low numbers to be favoured, I am looking at a shortlist of Encourageable, Baradar, Jimi Hendrix and Empire State of Mind. And of those, Baradar definitely interests me. He breaks from stall four, so he should get the pace to aim at. He's run six times on soft or heavy, won three of them, finished third twice, and he's definitely a better horse with cut underfoot. He's also run twice before at Doncaster, both times on heavy. He won last time out over seven furlongs on his first start for George Bowie, and he finished third in the Grade 1 Vertum Trophy as a two-year-old when trained by Roger Varian. Now, he's a high-class pair of Max Swinney and one ruler. They finished ahead of him that day at Doncaster, and future Royal Ascot winner State Arrest was in behind him. So... Baradar, he's got back class, he's got track form, he can handle the ground, he fits the trends, and he looks to be drawn beside what scant pace there is in the race, so what's not to like about Baradar? He is my main playing, he's around about 8, 9 to 1. Um, one I like at bigger prices though, to run into a place more than to win, um, and we bust a few trends if he did win, but Safe Voyage, 10 year old, ran in the race last year from a £9 higher mark, He's also poorly drawn away from the action that day. Uh, he's got a better draw this time around. Handles soft and heavy ground well. Runs well fresh because he's got form of four wins and a place from eight starts of breaks of 90 days or more. And he's also got plenty of solid form in large fields. So around 33 to 1 and with five or six places on offer, safe voyage. It could be a big price swing to have a go at alongside my main play, Baradar. So yeah, Baradar and Safe Voyage are two interesting to me, Tony. Yeah, worth a, worth a shout there. Empire State of Mind uh, and uh, Safe Voyage, uh, both John Quinn's, both trained, uh, both owned by Ross Harmon, who has uh, a number of horses with John. It'll be uh, one ease uh, for me. He's drawn high, winner of four of his last six starts up to his final run this season at Haydock in September. Uh, one on soft and two victories 
over a similar trip f- uh, for One Ease and also one in April under jockey Jim Crowley, who also takes the ride uh, uh, tomorrow afternoon in the Lincoln for trainer Charles Hills. One Ease, drawn 22 uh, in the Lincoln and also one that you mentioned in passing there, um, uh, ben is the let's have a look. I've just lost it a second. Encourageable uh, for trainer James Horton. Uh, desperately overlooked for this contest, I do believe. He's around 33 to 1 with some firms. Uh, second of 11, not beaten far on career debut at this venue uh, last year in March. Uh, one on a similar trip, one over a similar trip on soft ground. And uh, the, the uh, booking of David Probert has to be. Uh, taken as a positive here. He uh, they were last seen together. These two actually um, uh, encourageable. Ben finishing sixth of twelve, beating three lengths uh, behind one ease. So two for me in the Lincoln one ease and encourageable. And now it's uh, time for our top middle and bottom. You just admitted you've just all been waiting for this all along, haven't it? <laughs> Middle and bottom, usual rules apply. One pound Trixie from us both, just for fun, everyone. Uh, four pound in total. Ben, an update from last week, please. Quick. Last week, <laughs> last week one winner for yourself, two losers, minus four points. Myself, two winners, one loser. Park Thistle unable to put away 10-man Inverness Cali Thistle. Unbelievable. Dire stuff, robbing me of a full house. Anyway. <laughs> I had a mammoth total of plus 0.2 points get in. At least it's not a minus. <laughs> That's all I'm thinking about. So, Tony, running total. Tony, plus 21.27. Myself, plus 47.86. And this week, I'll start us off. The top championship, I'm going for Air United to beat our broth at 13 to 10. Our broth have really been struggling at home. They've not won in eight at home, lost four of them. In fact, they've only won one of the last 14 home matches. That was a 1-0 win against fellow strugglers, Hamilton. They've actually lost seven of the last 14 home matches. Air, not exactly world beaters in the road, but they've won three of the last six and five of the last ten of the travels. So I'll take Air to get the job done here. That's a Friday game. That's on tonight. And I believe you can watch in the BBC. I've watched a couple of these games. I wouldn't recommend it. They'll send you to sleep. But it is on BBC if you want to watch it. So, Air to beat our broth. In the middle, Scottish first. Aloha to beat Airdrie at 13 to 8. And I think this will be a tight one. Well, I'll take Aloha to edge it. Uh, they've been strong at home recently, unbeaten in 9, won 7 of them. They've won 9 in the last 12 at home. Only team to beat them at Recreation Park. League leaders, Don Furman. So, Aloha for me in League 1. And bottom Scottish second, Stranraer to beat Bonnie Rig Rose at 11 to 8. Bonnie Rig been damn poor at home. They lost six of the last 10. They've only managed to win one of them. Now, that went did come against Stranraer, but Stranraer are in much better form now, especially on the road. Won three of the last six. Uh, drew last time out against Annan. Uh, there are only two defeats coming by single goal margin. So I'm taking Stranraer to continue their climb away from the bottom of the table, and it's Air in the championship, Aloha in the first, and Stranraer in the second, Tony. Good stuff. All right. Um, slowly losing the will to live with these Scottish uh, teams now. But uh, anyway, after the obviously Dumbarton the other week, we, we're keeping away from Dumbarton here, Ben, aren't we? Uh, from the championship, which is now sponsored by Bent and Jerry's, uh, Queen's Park away at Wraith. 
going forward. There's 16 points difference here, but uh, Queen's Park is somehow 15 to 8 to uh, beat Race Rovers. Uh, in uh, League Dodgy, uh, League One, uh, Alloa at home to Airdrie, third versus fourth, obviously a, a bit of a clash there. Uh, 19 to 10, Alloa. And in Lawless League Two, uh, Forfar at home to Albion Rovers uh, at 10 to 9. Uh, so it's four far at home to Albion, 10 to 9. Alloa at home to Airdrie, 19 to 10. And Queen's Park away at Race Rovers, 15 to 8. Goodness knows where they get the 15 to 8 What's from. What's going on? What's but, going on? <laughs> Albion Rovers, Tony, they just got a new manager. Two weeks ago, they yeah, beat the, Dunbar in 5 1 yeah. at Dunbar in. Sack their manager got sack. after it. Get out of the sack and they've got a new boy in charge. I mean, ah, the place right. is a lot itself. The, the mafia, the Glasgow mafia, have got a lot of dance for night, I'm telling you. <laughs> they weren't supposed to hammer Dumbarton, obviously. <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> right. probably, the, boy, the boy's probably floating in the Clyde by now. <laughs> I take Wait. if the Glasgow mafia are listening, then I'm only joking. <laughs> You're doing a great job, boys. And I'm not laughing. Uh, moving on, we close this week's show with uh, the best of the rest. Uh, section trend stats and pointers for the rest of Saturday's action uh, with me Ben Aiken uh, uh, over to you Tony <laughs> I'm Tony now anyway. yes you are one what you've just said <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll give them your address don't worry yeah, for the <laughs> trends and pointers let's go I'm gonna I'm heading back to the jumps um, I don't want to look at the main man Paul Nichols uh, his record in bumpers this season has been catching my eye. He's had 33 individual bumper runners this season. 16 of them have managed to win at least once. Uh, of those who are yet to win, seven of them managed to place. Now, his bumper runners this season, Nichols, has thrown out combined stats of 17 wins from 51 starts, 33% win strike rate and just under 20 points profit. When in place, they strike at 65%. So he's really got his bumper runners bouncing this year. And I think you'd hope that would signal a strong season next season in the novice hurdle ranks for Nichols. I think he's maybe changed his tack a little bit in the past few years, taking a step back. I'm, I'm thinking he's going to be a, start becoming the force he used to be. I think and hope um, if these bumper runners are going to go on. There's got one bumper runner entered at the weekend, that's Bantier in the 5.12 at Stratford on Saturday. Um, he made his debut at Exeter in February. He finished a solid second. He posted a strong speed figure in the process, pro form speed figure. Now he's been flagged up on my database because Paul Nichols has some tidy bumper stats for Stratford. He's only had 15 bumper runners at Stratford, but nine of them have won and three others have placed. He backed them blind. He returned almost 30 points profit. Now that's not too shabby for a Paul Nichols angle that doesn't get many qualifiers. Um, and if you look at Nichols' bumper runners at Stratford, already had one or two starts in the bank, like Bantier. You get stats of six winners and a second from seven qualifiers. So Bantier, on a few different metrics, he looks very, very interesting on Saturday. And there's no prices up yet, so obviously it remains to be seen if he is a back-up sort of price. But forecast price is five to two. And that looks generous to me. Um, hopefully he's available around that sort of price, because I think that would be worth a play. Uh, Bantier in the bumper at Stratford, which is 5-12. That's where I'm heading. Tony, what have you got? Good stuff, mate. Good stuff. Agree what you say. I think uh, Nichols is kind of changing his tactics, isn't he, Uh, around, obviously, in the last uh, six years with, um, you know, the Irish dominating it uh, 
at Cheltenham. Uh, 4.30 at Utoxida. <clears throat> now, this is there's, people have, have systems. Me and you don't have systems, Ben. We have angles, don't we? Which gives us a yeah. foot into a race. Uh, it, systems, many systems, people uh, back them blindly. Uh, when angles are not to be backed blindly, it's, it's as I say, giving you a foot into a race. Um, now, this is a system of mine where the horse has to rhyme with the course. All right, so uh, the horse's last quarter, 4.30 at Utoxida. That's a tenuous rhyme tone. I'm only joking. I'm only joking, honestly. Uh, no, it's the, uh, it's the um, uh, finish well ahead of the next place, finishing second well ahead of the third. Uh, 4.30 Utoxida, last quarter. Won at Linkfield in November. Uh, finished second of six, uh, beating a short head over three miles on heavy at Foslas earlier this month. The front two coming 15 lengths ahead of the remaining four rivals at Foslas. Uh, last quarter uh, went uh, into the notebook there. It's uh, trimmed by David Pipe, Jack Tudor in the saddle. Uh, again, no prices up at the moment, but uh, I'll be having a look in the morning or later on this afternoon at last quarter. Uh, at in the fourth thirty at Utoxida. Well done, to everybody who followed uh, Paddy Wadge last week. He's uh, since we went off air or since we recorded the pod blast last week. Fourteen rides, four winners, uh, two, uh, three seconds, and a third. So uh, not bad going from Paddy Wadge there. Keep an the, eye on the him. Wadginator. The Wadginator. Uh, <laughs> doing well. Keep an eye towards the end of the season. Many thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Racing Pod Blast. And remember, if you're an early riser, you can catch me on Epic Radio weekdays between 5 and 7. Until next week, it's thanks from us. Thanks for all your support. Cheers, Ben. Cheers, Tom. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, everyone.